such a powerful good story. Such a true powerful good story. It's an honor to be with you tonight. I love coming to uh, BASIC and I love uh, being with young adults because you have so much of your life ahead of you and you're making such critical decisions like week after week after week. And I really love that uh, I was asked to come and speak about uh, faith and doubt. So I'm honored and pleased to do it. Now, if you're in education, one of the uh, things they teach you in education is when you get up to teach, tell people what you're going to teach, then teach it, and then tell them what you did teach, right? Those of you in education, you'll recognize this. So let me tell you what I'm going to teach tonight. I'm going to teach three things. Number one, we have a slide for this. Doubt is not something to fear or hide from or be ashamed of. Just like Alyssa just shared, doubt is not to be hidden or feared or something to be ashamed of. It's actually a building block for deeper faith. And Alyssa's a billboard for that. She's like a commercial for that. It's like uh, her story is like, I was doubting, I was doubting, I was doubting, and now through time, I have deeper faith. And the verse she used from Matthew was like that. Second thing, uh, here's something about the church, though. Uh, Gallup did a study uh, several years ago. Gallup, the national research firm, they did a study, and they figured out that a lot of people have uh, had spiritual experiences that they doubt. They doubt whether they're real. They're, for instance, uh, some people have a dream, and they go, I wonder if God gave me that dream. Or some people see something in the woods, and they wonder, is that an angel? And uh, lots of human beings have an experience like this. And because they're afraid to show, share it at church, because church is supposed to be where you wear a mask and you're all put together, you know where Gallup found they share it? They share it with their hairdresser, their barber, their bowling team, their soccer team, and their friends. You know, like the second to the last place they shared it? At their church. Now, I know the basic community is trying to be a place where you take off your masks, where you say your real stuff. And so when it comes to the doubts that you have, I hope you'll have opportunities in your life groups and uh, in your community here to talk about it. So doubt is not something to fear or hide or be ashamed of. Number two, doubt happens to everybody. Everybody. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. From eternity, he and his father had a plan. He was going to come. He was going to die on a cross for our sins. He was going to be resurrected and pulled back to heaven, right? And what does he do in the Garden of Gethsemane, the human side of him? He says, Father, if you can, take this cup from me. Even Jesus doubted the Father's plan. And then Peter, his number one disciple, he followed Jesus for three years. He saw him do all kinds of stuff. 
And then when the little servant girl came up and said, hey, I think you're one of his disciples, three times in a row before the rooster crowed, Peter denied him because what? In those moments, he doubted. The disciples doubted. Nicodemus doubted. Mary Magdalene doubted. Alyssa doubted. I've doubted a lot. So doesn't it make sense that you're going to have doubts come to you? And the uh, last thing I want to going to teach is doubts will occur based on where you are in your spiritual journey. You'll have different kinds of doubts along the way. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to go directly to the scriptures, John chapter 20. So if you've got a Bible there in the seats or you've got one with you, I invite you to open it up. John, the Gospel of John, uh, verse 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 24, I believe. 2024, yes. Let me read this to you, and you read along, and if something strikes you, I would invite you to underline it. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the 12 disciples, was not with the disciples when Jesus came, and this when he came is after the resurrection. So Jesus was uh, killed on a cross. He was put in a grave. He ascended, or he was resurrected from the dead, and he's walking around for 40 days. And the first time he came to his disciples, Thomas wasn't with him. So the other disciples told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. This is like the classic, the most known doubting, pas uh, doubting passage in all of scripture. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, my peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Thomas believed again. Thomas believed deeper after he had doubted. And then Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have not believed and yet have believed. Now, Jesus doesn't say a single negative word, a single negative word about Thomas's doubting. Not one word. He doesn't say, Thomas, you're so weak for doubting. Thomas, you have so little faith for doubting. No, he doesn't say any of that. That last verse, I used to think he was putting Thomas down because he had to see, but he wasn't. He was actually saying, hey, this is what faith is like. Because you've seen me, you have faith. You believe. Blessed are those in this room tonight who have faith, who did not get to see Jesus in person. God understands doubt. God does not have negative things to say about doubt. Doubt is uh, a building block of stronger faith. 
Not one negative word. Doubting is a part of our journey. It's true in the scriptures. It's true in Alyssa's life. It's true in my life. The first time, I mean, I, I've had all kinds of doubts. And um, the first time it really struck me, I spoke to, first time I gave a talk, I was a high school teacher and a coach. I gave a talk to 200 high school kids on a, at a camp. And several of them responded to Jesus. And I didn't even know what to do. I like went out in the woods, sat beside a tree and wept. Because I doubted that God would want to use me in that way. And I just thought, that, that's, that's not how God wants to use me. And I doubted him, and I doubted what he wanted to do with me, and I doubted all kinds of things. But when I came back, my faith was stronger. I've doubted God so many times. Um, as a young ministry person, a little older than Alyssa, we had this uh, quiet and solitude retreat. And we went off, and the leaders of the retreat said, all we want you to do is be silent with God for 48 hours. And during those 48 hours, all I had inside of me were questions. It was like I didn't know anything. All I had was questions. And I began to doubt. Do I really believe? And then eight years ago, and a lot of you will know this, we had three family members killed on a highway in uh, Florida. And like they were my, my second son, my oldest grandson, and my second oldest granddaughter. They lived next door. I was with them every day. They went on vacation and they got killed. I'm driving there as soon as I hear. And you know the three questions I asked in that car? I'd been leading this church for over 20 years. I had given hundreds of gospel talks, hundreds, probably thousands. You know my questions in the front seat of that car driving to identify the bodies and be with my granddaughter and my daughter-in-law? First question, God are you even real? God, are you even real? God, do you love me? And did you love Ben and Charlie and Bailey? And God, do you have any power at all? There's some doubt. There's some serious doubt from someone who's followed Jesus for lots and lots of years. And you know what happened? Over time, it's a function of time, I know and am stronger in faith today because I walk through that doubt. I walk through that doubt. Now, some of you are right in a period of doubt right now. And what you can do is just like Alyssa, keep worshiping, keep learning, keep the faith as best you can, and walk through the doubt, and actually share the doubt with some friends who you trust, and watch how God makes it a stronger building block for your faith. Now, um, I want to go to the slide that's a wheel, a slinky, 
we've been uh, teaching this around Orchard for a long time, but I brought it back a week or two ago, and these are six stages of faith that you might find yourself in. And each stage has its own unique kind of doubt. And so just let me uh, talk to you because a lot of kinds of doubt could show up in the room. Uh, stage number one, recognition of God. This is where you fill in the blanks of who God is in your life. It's like uh, some, some ministries to young adults are really strong in this. Um, just fill in the blanks. God is how many persons? Three. Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus did what on the cross? He died for sins. You just fill in the blanks. You get information. And eventually, you give all that you know of yourself to all that you know of God. And some of you have intellectual doubts about these kinds of questions. And that's fine. How could God both know everything that's going to happen, predestination, and I still have my own free will? There's a doubt a lot of college students have. How can that be? Doubts intellectually. Number two, life of discipleship. This is where you give your allegiance to Christ. It's where you put him at the drivers, at the steering wheel of your life. This is a lifelong battle for some of us. It's like number one is take Jesus as Savior. He saved me from my sin. Stage two, I'm going to make him Lord, leader boss of my life. Man, there's a lot of doubts there. Uh, stage one tends to be intellectual doubts of the mind. Stage two tends to be emotional doubts of my heart. God says to Alyssa, maybe you need a year off. But what are my friends going to think? What are the professors going to think? An emotional response. Emotional doubt. Uh, number three, productive life. This is where you serve God out of who you, he made you to be. The band members up here, they're serving God out of who God made them to be. The hosts, the people who cook the meal tonight, uh, the people who uh, are helping, serving God. And there's all kinds of questions about that. Like, who are you? Who did God make you to be? And you begin to doubt who he made you to be. The wall. Uh, as a church, we didn't even know there was a wall for a while. The wall is just really hitting hard times. And something that knocks you on your spiritual butt. And uh, you're laying in the ground in a heap because you thought if you loved God, your parents wouldn't get a divorce or your sister wouldn't die of cancer, or your little brother wouldn't get hit by a car, or you wouldn't have dyslexia, right? And you just get knocked on your spiritual butt, and you're like, oh my goodness, can God be in this? And how can God love me and do this? So there's another doubt. Journey onward is stage five. O onward, outward is stage five. And this is like service with a new purpose. It's like I'm really clear. I'm not in the band because I like music. I'm in the band because I want to worship Jesus. 
I don't go to that Bible study because I like those people, although that's true. I love those people, but I'm there to learn more about Jesus. You know, it's a, it's a clear motivation, and the stage six is life of love. So I don't know what doubts you've had in your life to this point, and I don't know what doubts you have tonight, but I do know it's okay. You can keep following Christ because his disciples did it. The Apostle Paul and Mary Magdalene did it. And I've done it for years and years and years. Followed Christ even though there are doubts. They go together. And when you face your doubts and talk about them and surrender them to God, you'll end up with deeper faith. So I'm going to pray and then I've got two questions I just want you to think about for a couple minutes. So let me pray, and then I'll give you the questions. Dear God, you're fine with doubt. You know we're human. You know that we have doubts, that doubts are a part of our journey. You know that because you created us, Doubts are a part of living in a broken world. So, Father, I pray that um, what we'll learn tonight is that you're totally okay with our doubts. And you don't turn away. You don't get mad. You don't leave us, abandon us because we have doubts. You just say, keep following. Keep following. Keep following. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's a couple questions. As you look back on your life, where have you doubted? What have been your doubts? What's your history of doubt? And what do you doubt tonight? And then, is there one step you might take, one person you might tell, a small group you might inform, a journaling kind of thing you might do to bring light on your doubt. Take a couple minutes and think about that.